Hi, and welcome to the GMC podcast, the place where you can listen to the weekly word from God and find other highlights from the team at GMC, Gillespie Memorial Church in Dunfermline, Scotland. This podcast brings you the Advent and Christmas 2021 series, Through the Eyes of, as we consider each week part of the story around the coming of God Emmanuel into our world. Each week, we will consider a different character from the Gospels of Matthew or Luke, and we hope bring alive the Christmas story. But before the message, let's come to the Lord in prayer. Let us come together in prayer. Father, we sit here in awe of who you are and what you have done for us. You have created us. You've given us this wonderful world. The human race is a wonderful thing. And yes, there is evil in and around us all the time. We are all tempted, some more than others, but none of us are perfect, Lord. But you... You are a God of goodness, a God of love, a God of life. You save us when we are in our darkest depths. You pull us out of those valleys. You bring us out onto the mountaintops. You show us what is there for us. You reveal your wonder your power, your glory. And how can we not believe in what is there before us? How can we not believe in the goodness that is in us, in all of us? How can we not believe that your son is the way, the truth, the life? Our route to a heavenly place, a guide to our daily living, our saviour, our Lord, our friend, at all times. Father, we're sorry for the times we forget you. When the world we live in gets in the way and pushes our faith and our focus to the side. Forgive us for those moments when we lose sight of you. When we forget that Jesus died for us and that we owe him so much more than we ever managed to give him. Forgive us for our failings this last week and help us this coming week to learn from them, to be more like Jesus, to live humbly and faithfully. Let us take a minute now to say sorry for the things we should have done and perhaps the things we shouldn't have done. In another week of stormy weather, we are reminded of the oceans you have created, 
oceans which never stop moving, waters which can be relaxing and pleasant and beautiful. Like our lives, the ocean has its calm, untroubled spells, but it also has its stormy, angry seas, with the waves huge and powerful, pounding away at whatever gets in its way. Father, thank you for the calm, untroubled times in our lives. And never let us forget that you have given us those times, those easy breathing spaces, which allow us a chance to rebalance, to reflect, to recuperate, to rejoice. And when our seas get stormy, when life becomes challenging or difficult, when it becomes exhausting or even frightening, let us feel your power in our lives, your love holding us up in amongst all the messy, scary stuff, the uncertainty of where our lives are taking us. Thank you for that love, Lord, for being our anchor in the storms, for keeping us afloat, however hard life's knocks are. We pray all this in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Following the time of prayer, I hope your heart has been stilled and prepared for God's word to reach you where you are. If anything you hear in today's word from God or the sermon challenges you, may be raising questions and you want to know more about how we can support you in your faith or indeed with questions about faith. Or maybe you'd like to support GMC financially in our ministry for the kingdom. Then whatever it is, please contact us through our website gillespiechurch.org Now over to our preacher. Right, our reading this morning uh, it comes from uh, Luke chapter 1 reading from verses 67 to 79 and I'll be reading from the, the message translation. I hope that's out there. Then Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, blessed, by, Blessedly the Lord, the God of Israel. He came and set his people's f- people free. He set the power of salvation in the center of our lives and in the very house of David, his servant, just as he promised long ago through the preaching of his holy prophets. Deliverance from our enemies and every hateful hand. Mercy to our fathers as he remembers to do what he said he'd do, what he swore to our father Abraham, a clean rescue from the enemy camp, so we can worship him without a care in the world, made holy before him as long as we live. And you, my child, prophet of the highest, will go ahead of the master to prepare his ways, present the offer of salvation to his people, the forgiveness of their sins through their heartfelt mercies of our God. God's sunrise will break upon us, shining on those in the darkness who sitting in the shadow of death, those that are sitting in the shadow of death, then showing us the way, one foot at a time, down the path of peace. Amen.
May God bless this word and the word for this this message today. Today we're going to we're going to reach week three of our Advent series. That if you're counting down, that means we've only got one Sunday before Christmas. Looking at the Advent through the eyes of some specific personalities. Our personality today is Zechariah. Now, I know you probably wouldn't necessarily put the name Zechariah into Advent. He's certainly unlikely to get a part in the nativity play, unless, of course, Zechariah is the name of one of the shepherds or, or even the donkey. But from the perspective of the coming of the Lord Jesus and our fuller understanding of what that means, of what Advent means, Zechariah actually has a pretty crucial part to play. This morning, for those of you who might not know much about him, I'm going to talk a bit about who Zechariah was and what part, what his part in the Advent was and how we can learn from this personality's appearance in and around that Advent story. So before I look at detail, any detail at today's passage, I'm going to go give you a little bit of background and set the scene so that the lessons from today's passage have some context and also help us understand that first question of who is Zechariah? To find out, I want us to look briefly at the first encounter with him in Luke chapter 1, which is in verse 5 to 7. We see it says, In the time of King Herod of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah, His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both very old. So he was married to Elizabeth, who we met a couple of weeks ago. Therefore, he was the father of John the Baptist, and like Elizabeth, he was from the family of Aaron. And through that line, he became a priest in the descendant division of Abijah. This means he was a respected and educated man, a priest with a degree of seniority, a man to be taken seriously. He was respect. He, he had that respect, and we also see through the next few few verses that he has a strange encounter, which changes his life. He was chosen by a lot according to the custom of the priesthood to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time of the burning of incense came, all assembled worshippers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. Which, when Zechariah saw him, he was startled and gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. He will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah, to turn hearts 
of the parents of the, to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. <coughs> Zechariah ch- asked the angel, how can, this be sh- how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man and my wife is well on in years. The angel said to him, I'm Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. And now you'll be silent and not be able to speak until this d- the day this happens because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. While going about his priestly duties, burning the incense in the temple, he encounters an angel, and not just any angel, the, the angel Gabriel. He's told that God has heard his prayers. Your wife will bear you a son and you'll call him John. A joy and a delight like any child is. His prayers and those of Elizabeth had been heard. They would, be, they would, they would have been happy with a healthy child, one that they could love and cherish, but God has given them that, and by the looks of things, so much more which makes his response all the more remarkable. How can I be sure of this? I'm an old man and my wife is well on in years. He doesn't want to know. His religion, his faith, and we know he has faith because he was righteous in the sight of God. He was righteous. He was a priest, so his religion was his business, his job. He'd been taught all about what God had done what he'd promised, what he could do if he needed to do it. But when the story is him, when he's directly faced with such blessings himself, he doesn't get it. His faith doesn't believe it for himself. He doesn't trust the power of the Holy Spirit. For him, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man. He's saying, aye, right, you're joking, aren't you? I'm too old to have kids now, and Elizabeth won't be able to carry a child now either. However, when you compare his reaction to the angel's message with the other characters in Luke 1, when Elizabeth found out she was pregnant, her response wasn't fear. The Lord has done this for me. uh, She said, In these days, he's shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. That's joy. Last week, with Joseph and Matthew, he did what the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. And although we haven't looked at Mary yet, when Mary, although she did ask how it was going to happen in in verse 38 of Luke 1, it says, I'm the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. See the difference. And so because of his reaction, Zechariah is struck dumb. He is silenced by God until he is ready to understand, ready to accept God's plans for him and his family. When John is born, Zechariah finally realizes the enormity of what is happening. And this leads us to our second question, Zechariah's place in our study of Advent. The word Advent 
comes from the Latin adventus, meaning coming. In the Christian church calendar, it gen- it's generally the period of preparation and anticipation of the advent of, or coming of Jesus Christ at Christmas. However, what we see in the story of Zechariah is the understanding that the period of preparation has been years, even centuries in the making, all part of God's plan. If you look at the passage that I read earlier for for today, the NIV translation calls it Zechariah's song, but it it is, as, as the message puts it, simply a song of praise and prophecy. In the first half, he sang praises and filled with the Holy Spirit. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel. He set his people free. He set the power of salvation at the center of our lives. Just as he promised long ago, deliverance from our enemies in every hateful hand. Mercy to our fathers as he remembers to do what he said he'd do. So we can worship him without a care in the world, made holy before him as long as we live. Zachariah is remembering all that God has done, all that he has promised through the prophets that have been brought together at that moment. And with that same spirit, he saw what was happening, but also what was soon to come. With his knowledge of Scripture, he had finally been able to join up the dots, so to speak, and piece together the significance of this, his son's birth. Having doubted the angel and then seen for himself the miracle of his wife's pregnancy and the birth of his son, he knew that all that the angel had said was true. He will be great in the sight of the Lord. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he's born. He'll bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. He will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom and righteousness. He will make ready a people prepared for the Lord. He will go on before the Lord in the power of Elijah. He will make ready a people prepared for the Lord. His prophecy for his son is the icing on the cake for Zechariah. Just as the Messiah was promised to the Jews, the one who came before was also promised in both Isaiah and Malachi. In Isaiah 40 verses 3 to 5, a voice of one calling in the wilderness prepared Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all the people will see it together, for the mouth of the Lord is spoken. And then again in Malachi chapter 3, verse 1, I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me, Then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come. And his prophecy for his son, you, my child, prophet of the highest, will go ahead of the master to prepare his ways. Present the offer of salvation to his people, the forgiveness of their sins through the heartfelt mercies of our God. 
showing us the way one foot at a time down the path of peace. Far from being outside the Advent period, Zachariah's involvement in reality announces the Advent. It creates the link to the past, to God's promises of a Messiah, to the prophecies of a Savior, whose path would be prepared by one who comes before. Luke chapter one is a chapter of two births. When Elizabeth was six months pregnant with John, and also pregnant, Mary visited her. Elizabeth's focus went from her own blessing of a child to the child in Mary. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Blessed are you among women. Blessed is the child you will bear. But Zechariah, who may or may have not have been aware of Mary's visit because Elizabeth had, had, had uh, isolated herself, but he continues to be taken up with his son's role and who his son would become, which is probably typical of a new dad. You know, you're going to take over the family business. You're going to be a great politician, astronaut, footballer. You take your pick. We always dream high. He sees a bigger picture. Not just the advent of a birth, but who that child will become. Supported and proclaimed by the child that he held in his arms. So what can we learn about the advent through Zechariah? From his encounter with angel Gabriel and also from his prophecy. I think there are several key things to take away. And like Advent, they're about preparation, anticipation, things like being prepared and open to receive the power of Holy Spirit, ready for promises and prophecy to come true, prepared to expect miracles. Like Zechariah, we can also... Uh, we can often get ourselves caught up in the habit and busyness of our faith. That busyness becomes our business. It becomes like a job. We do good things. We, we care for one another. We pray dutifully, but we don't seem to want to allow Holy Spirit to work in us to do it. Zechariah's job was his faith. He was in the business of religion. And while it was an honorable thing to do, like any job, it can become a bit of a chore. Zechariah knew his scripture. He knew how God had saved the Jewish nation, how he had been, how he had protected them. He knew God's promises, the promise of the Messiah. But 400 years or so had passed, and through the busyness of his life, he wasn't ready to entertain the Spirit in the form of an angel, not even Gabriel. He couldn't grasp that God would answer his prayer, that he would have a son in God's time, not his own. He knew the story of Abraham and Sarah and the birth of Isaac, but he didn't believe God could or would 
do that for him. Because of his lack of faith, that lack of openness to the power and presence of the Holy Spirit, he was struck dumb, silenced. He could not communicate to others. His value to God was compromised until he was ready to understand. When he came out, verse 22 says, when he came out, he could not speak to them. They realized he had seen a vision in the temple, for he kept making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. He had to make signs to make himself understood. When I thought about this, I wondered, is that why we have to play charades every Christmas? <laughs> if the kids ever ask, it's so we remember Zachariah and the part he plays in the Advent story. But I wonder if we're a bit like Zachariah, both individually and as a church. I know I often feel that way, where we can get ourselves stuck in the doing of Christianity. Church becomes a chore, a thing to be done, and we miss or even ignore the presence of Holy Spirit in our midst. And as a result, we are silenced, unable to articulate ourselves, unable to play our part in the kingdom because we're not tapping into our power source. However, God knew how he was going to use Zechariah because he knew that he was a man of great integrity. And God wants to use us too. When reality struck home, he would make the link. <clears throat> he would use his knowledge of Scripture, of the prophecies and promises, which pointed to the birth of a messenger who would smooth the path for the Messiah. He would know that now was a time of expectation of the miracle of the Messiah. And his son, the messenger, was the first miracle step in that. His own words of praise and prophecy show the excitement and wonder that will have gripped him as the miracle became clear and the expectation mounted as Holy, Holy Spirit filled him. I believe that we can share that excitement, that expectation that Zachariah felt because although we see Advent as a once a year Christmas thing, Zachariah's experience shows it's bigger than that. His understanding, his excitement and anticipation was directed on how his son was going to fulfill his purpose of guiding the people towards repentance and flattening the path towards salvation in the Spirit. This wouldn't come to fruition until both he and Jesus were grown up. And for us, we can experience the, that excitement and anticipation in Jesus' birth, but also his life, his death, his resurrection, and into every day until he returns again, because that's what he's promised. Which is great, because so often there can be that feeling of anticlimax come Boxing Day, can't there? The excitement is over and the repeats fill the television screens. 
But if we can think bigger about Advent, if we can be preparing ourselves for the next encounter with Holy Spirit, as John prepared the people for their encounter with Jesus, then the birth of our next miracle can be just around the corner if we're ready to meet it. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you. I thank you for Zechariah, that even through his unbelief, you answered his prayers far beyond his comprehension. We thank you for John, whose ministry paved the way and prepared the people for the coming Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, there are so many times when we fail to recognize your hand in our lives, when we get ourselves caught up in the busyness of life and don't take the time to seek your spirit, your power, your guidance and support. Forgive us when we delay our response, when we think small and don't believe that what you want to work in our individual lives. Lord, I pray for your Holy Spirit to fill this church and to break any silence we have that we might proclaim your name and the good news of your Son at this joyful time and in every day forward. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks for listening to our Sunday podcast today from GMC in Dunfermline, Scotland. For more details about who we are, what we believe and how we serve, visit our website at gillespiechurch.org or find us on Facebook and YouTube. All inquiries can be made through the Contact Us page of our website or by calling the office. If you'd like to support our work with a few quid, then offerings can be made through the Support Us with Stewardship icon on the homepage of the website. This has been a production from GMC, including the pastors and tech team. All copyright remains with the producers. Today's episode was edited by Barbara Ann Howie, and the contributing music is Up to the Mood from Low Tree. Thanks for listening, and God bless.